Blog Talk Radio.
And so I think we will have opportunity to talk about what is worship about. You know, is it's worshiping God, but not so much as an idol, it's, but God as spirit. But worshiping God in truth is in our actions mm-hmm. and the way that we live, which, mm-hmm. you know, is spiritual practice, uh, spiritual principles applied to our real life. Right. So we could talk about worship from that perspective of those who... Uh, worship or believe in God, must believe in him in spirit and in truth. Uh, we could talk about worship as celebration time, celebrating the recognition of spirit. And a lot of times in um, in our faith and philosophy, you know, our Sunday services are, used, are often called celebration services, and it's to celebrate the existence of spirit and our ability to tap into that and be guided, guarded, and protected by it, and to do it in community. Mm-hmm. And you can, I, I agree with you. I think sometimes journaling, meditation could could be, depending on your mindset, a way of worshiping spirit and honoring spirit mm-hmm. in your own life. So maybe um, in some ways we'll talk about worship a synonym as believe in and demonstrate mm-hmm. your beliefs. Beliefs. So we could talk about a synonym in some usage as honoring, mm-hmm. because I do agree with you that the word, the word itself, worship, for many people, um, is more synonymous with idolatry mm-hmm. or um, it, it feels in some ways like an archaic word mm-hmm. for some people. Old, olden times. <laughs> Even though we worship all in all kinds of ways, in all kinds of churches, you know, with the God in my day site, mm-hmm. it's about connecting with people who just to see God in your day in whatever way you mm-hmm. interpret God. And people use, well, I go to worship on Sundays. Mm-hmm. So... Lots of opportunities, lots of directions we can take this conversation, but we can't do any of that until we take a little break. So we'll be back in a minute to talk about worship and saying yes to spirit. on your spiritual path, encouraging me on my spiritual path. Um, it is a uh, a group effort kind of thing. I love the um, accountability, I guess, of reminding each other and holding each other up in uh, an expectation to act in a spirit-say-yes kind of way on a daily basis. You like that word accountability. I do. I'm still using it. I'm still. I don't you, know. That you it's... get it in every week, one way or another. <laughs> Almost. I know. I think but we... usually it's not to the last twenty minutes. But I mean, we in the first ten minutes, you've got accountability in there. <laughs> oh. Yes, I am nothing if I'm not accountable to saying yes to spirit. It's just you know, it should it should it be easier than I'm making it. It seems hard. well hard, right? Hard. That's your other word. <laughs> 
Because as soon as you said, I like the idea of like worshiping together, mm-hmm. it creates accountability. Mm-hmm. And my immediate reaction was, no, it's about celebrating together, that we all know this and have this and love this part of our lives. And you're all about like accountability. Get it done. Do Show it. Up. Do it now. Do it all the time. And prove that you're doing it because you're here together, and have, I can hold you accountable, a, and you can hold me accountable. Have a have a, uh, a an outcome of it. Yes, yes. It is an interesting. Uh, <laughs> it is an interesting theme that I have in terms of holding everyone else accountable and myself. But worship and that it has to is, be hard. And that, that you know, it has to be hard that an more. idea that that's that's that uh, that is my um what do you call that uh, when you're default that's my default thinking I don't mm-hmm. really believe that necessarily but I certainly fall back into that idea that it's painful and hard and a struggle that makes me think of the olden times when they had to walk to church with their Bibles under their arms it was a struggle to get to worship I doubt very strongly if that was how they felt. I know. They are looking forward to this <laughs> excitement to this fabulous time of the week. That's right. <sighs> and that's why we co-host this show, because that's we're, it. like, really different. That's it. That's it. In our natural, subconscious kind of grounding. Mm. So in the show description, what we said was worship, joining together with others to honor God and to celebrate life. It's a spiritual practice that often gets overlooked ah. as a spiritual practice. Because yes. so I, I know growing up, going to church on Sunday, it was just, Almost like, I mean, I was a kid, so it wasn't like a job, but it was just like school. It's expected. Mm -hmm. It's something you do. But I don't know that I thought about it so much of uh, celebrating life or I I know I didn't think of it as a spiritual practice. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just it's on the the calendar. You don't get to do other things you want to do in the week if you don't go. If you're too sick to go to, you know, church on Sunday, you're too sick to, like, go to a movie Sunday afternoon, you know. Right, right, sure. And and at the same time, my experience of being there was definitely one of celebrating God, mm. of um, being reminded of, of um, you know, all that God has created and... And there was community because I was mm. part of a large church, and so you yeah, know, other little kids you hung out with, or was it just family, older people, kids and family, and um, I mean, just you know, and people who you would always see over and over and over, you know. So that that did create a sense of community, and that we were all we all had some shared experience, even though we lived all over the city, you know, from different walks of life and, you know, different paths. I'm trying to think, growing up, it was a similar kind of thing, it was an expectation. I don't think we had as much of a um, celebratory kind of experience in the Methodist church that I was raised. It was, you know, more of a traditional service where the preacher talked for 20 minutes, and I remember people got upset if he talked for more than 20 minutes, you know, because they wanted to be out by noon. It was a very structured kind of thing where where we were going to, you know, go to church, but it was, you know, defined by, you know, 1045 to 12. And um, But I always enjoyed church. I never had any kind of negative feeling about it, or resisted going or anything like that. So I've never really not wanted to go to church. Over the course of my adult life, I've spent time away from a ritual of going to a Sunday service, but I never stay away from it long. I'll go from I'll go from place to place, but um, I always do enjoy my Sundays. I feel a little bit naked if I don't participate in some sort of Sunday service. Well, I think on the, um, thinking about that as a spiritual practice, I have to admit, I, for most of my adult life, would not have thought the group experience of worshiping together Mm -hmm. as a spiritual practice. 
And if I we had been having this conversation eight years ago, I would have said, no, you know, for me it's a much more powerful worship experience. It's a worship experience when I am meditating, at, you know, and oh. I am connecting individually. Okay. I might have said journaling, but definitely in meditation, hmm. um, that, you know, kind of stuff, or reflection, personal reflection, that that's uh, uh, worshiping and honoring of God. And I would have, and I, I don't think I would have made the connection of going to Wednesday night service, mm-hmm. you know, or Sunday morning service, or, you know, Wednesday satsang, Wednesday meditation. It's a worshiping together. Mm-hmm. We're having a mm-hmm. spiritual experience together. But none of those would I have said necessarily um, was a spiritual practice until a few years ago, a couple of years ago, it was in 2009, I was sitting as with sitting in a meeting where we were discussing the new purpose and the new vision mission statement for our center. Mm-hmm. And the question was something like, we've talked about all the things that we think the center or the church is or should be or how we view it. Let's make a list of all the things that are kind of like, um, oh, deal breaker's not the word, sacred cow's not the term. But if this this didn't exist, we wouldn't be Mm. this church. Kind of a foundation, the rock of it, the bedrock of it. You know, if these went away, it it would no longer be us, or if these things didn't exist. And it could be feelings, it could be experiences, um, but if it did, if this wasn't there, then we would no longer be the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. And when someone said, well, if we didn't worship together as a community, we wouldn't be the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas. Because like, we could say we want people to meditate, and everybody could be off on their own meditating. Would that make us the Center for Spiritual Living Dallas? No. You know, so one of the things that was there was about honoring the spiritual connection in community. Right. As a spiritual practice. Right. That these are the practices that we use to affirm our spiritual connection and our spiritual beliefs and values. And that was and that was in two thousand eight. So that was really the first time I thought about worship in community as a spiritual practice. You know, and I, and I, my hunch would be that most people that would be the main thing they think of when they, because that's what they do the most of, is they go. If you ask somebody, you know, what's your spiritual practice? They would say, oh, I go to church. Right, or I go to, you know, I go to synagogue on Friday night. Right. Or I go, yeah, I go to a place with other people and express or get re-energized or honor our Mm -hmm. connection to God. Mm -hmm. And so to to me it's like that is kind of like a a bedrock, the once-a-week practice spiritual practice of the worship experience. And then as I got clearer on making it a daily practice or part of my life, is then when, you know, in a strange way, that worship experience kind of became the least, you know, focused on maybe practice because it was just once a week and it seemed more like fun and it seemed more like, you know, I get to go and hang out with my friends and I get to really be energized by a a sermon and I get to kind of be pumped up but but the actual when I think of spiritual practice I think of you know a day to day kind of thing so then I don't think about worship mm-hmm. as a spiritual practice but um, I think that kind of changed over time and probably 10 or 15 years ago I would have said you know Sunday service is my spiritual practice that's what I do that's what I did 15, 20 maybe but anyway so a long time ago, I think that was really kind of the thing I thought of as my spiritual practice was my church. And now it's evolved where, like you, I don't really think of that as a spiritual practice because it's not a daily thing. Mm-hmm. Although it is for you. For you. 
Oh, because we go to meditation. Because you open the right. Because <laughs> you open the center every morning for for anyone to come in. Mm-hmm. Meditate thirty minutes of med- thirty minutes of meditation in the morning. And you know, it's interesting because the the way that I really got into my most meditative state was in the spiritual practice class, where Reverend Petra did the mantra. And we had 40 people doing a mantra together out loud, and that group experience of that was how I kind of got into the deepest state of meditation that I ever have. And so I really see the power of that grouping, you know, the power of the energy of um, people in a room. And I really think, you know, worship uh, worship also is kind of, um, what's the right word, you know, this a synonym for, like you said, celebration. Um, um, not excitement, but really joyful or a time of joy, a time of, you know, really kind of hyped up. And at the same moment, I can think of Sunday services where I got the deepest kind of feeling or connection to God. So it it's really does sort of go the whole gamut of emotions where I can be up you know, feeling the praise of my connection to spirit and then be sitting and and having like a really personal, really deep connection um, experience. So I think worship has the most diverse, um, you know, possibility where I can get so many different kinds of things from worship. And the connecting with people is, I think, the key to me too because I can remember times in my life where you know that really was my main social outlet was um, going into the the church and having that connection with different people in church so it's a multi-faceted spiritual practice yeah and I and I do think we we want to uh, okay let me let me not say wait I <laughs> I do want us to acknowledge that worship can be individual mm-hmm. when we think of worship as anything that we do to honor or celebrate or as the quote of you know Jesus said um, that we honor spirit or we worship spirit you know we worship God in spirit and in truth mm-hmm. and so in some ways every we could live our lives in a way that we are constantly, Worshiping or honoring by how we talk to people, right? Um, so that individual focus is there, and I think in general, when we use the word worship, most of the time we're talking about what do we do in community mm-hmm. with others. That um, re- it may reinforce for us on a personal or individual level our commitment and our understanding and our beliefs about God, but we do it together. Collectively. Yeah. So uh, last week I was doing a tele-seminar called Unintentionally Unwelcome, Mm. Common Mistakes That People Make or Churches Make, Common But Unnecessary Mistakes Mm. That Result in People Feeling Unwelcome. And... um, and in that, I referred to the three M's that I sometimes talk about that relate to worship services, the, the music, uh-huh. the message, and the membership, how the membership, the members of the audience or the participants are engaged or not engaged, and all the things you do in the course of a service to involve, include, acknowledge members. Um, and so maybe we can talk a little bit, maybe we can take, uh, do you want to take a break first and come back and talk about, or do you want to just go into, like, when we think about worship, uh huh. what do we, what comes up as it relates to the message, or the messenger, mm-hmm. the music, and the members and how they're engaged and what what is it that makes it worship versus just a gathering. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm thinking of that little thing where you had your hands together with the little cross and you, you put your fingers 
Did you do that as a child? You put your hand. You can't see it because it's radio, but you clap your hands with your fingers inside, and you make the people. Here's the church. Here are the people. Open your hands, and there's the steeple, or something like that. That is almost so close. But yeah, here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open your hands, and here's the people. Oh, there you go. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But that, yeah, that's like almost like the three M's. If you had a little choir over there with your thumb or something for the music, but um, yeah. Yeah, that is that is the that is the thing come up <laughs> to my little mind. But yes, the three M's. Why don't we take a a break and we can come back and talk about them because I think that is a good uh, overall picture of what makes a traditional idea of worship. Okay, we'll be right back. on your spiritual path, talking about worship today, looking at the three M's, music, message, and members. The first one that you said was music, so do we have to start with that one? No. Do we, do we have we to go, go in, in order? Because <laughs> usually I think I do message, then yeah, music. Yeah, the message, okay. So, see, now message is an interesting one because it's usually given by a messenger in a church, like a preacher kind of thing. And I have often said that in a past life, I was like a devotee kind of person. I was like in a monk or monk. What do they do those where, like, you have to carry the shoes around of the head priest or something? Is that what is no, that? that's what's slave. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe that's it, but it was a pleasant experience for me. I, I reflect on it. I don't think it was a slave. But um, okay, you can I have a great... I kind of have a great kind of knee-jerk need or interest in having some sort of um, relationship with the person that's in charge um, to have some sort of like, you know, let me let me service you or help you or be a, a, of service to that person in some sort of gratitude or expression of gratitude. And um, I have found that, that some... Some some people in the power of giving the message are more familiar or comfortable with that than others. <laughs> and my my need to sometimes do that is sometimes seen as a little bit strange, but I'm okay with that because you know there's a lot about me that seems sometimes strange. Yes, this would but, be true. Um, but you know the message is usually I think we think or I think normally we think of that as one person, but I really do think that the message ultimately in the worship experience is something that you get from the time you uh, walk into a church or walk into a place of worship, a synagogue or a temple. And um, because there's a message, I've always said this, that there's always a message being sent out by the greeters and by the what the chairs look like and by what the whole environment looks like. So beyond the 20-minute talk or sermon or message, I think there is um, a message being given just by the the overall environment. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I ended up with all three of those, because I, for me that would fall under what is the experience of the members and what do you do mm. to have the members experience. So that's how I distinguish between when I'm using those three, when I'm doing you know training or when I'm speaking about church development and membership growth. Um, that the message I really focus in on what the person, what the messenger, is saying and how they're saying it, how they're deliver, what they're delivering, and how they're delivering it, and all of the environment stuff kind of for me goes under members, and the reason for that is from of course that makes sense with what I'm usually doing 
and talking about, you know, the message and are you able to to communicate the message to all different kinds of people, mm-hmm. what stories are you using, what examples are you using, et cetera. How do you move on the stage? Do you always stand on one side? Mm-hmm. You know, do you always are you always when you're making eye contact looking at you know, the people who have been coming here for 15 years. Your favorite parishioners or someone. Or, or, right, that just sends an, an unintended message. Um, but from the context of worship, the message and putting that message together in a way that can reach many people mm-hmm. is is really powerful. And I think the same thing with the music that, you know, Finding a balance between the music that people know and bringing in new music, and who, what musicians do you use, and how do you, um, how do you decide that can make a big difference on whether it feels like a worship experience uh-huh. or just another meeting you went to. You know, that's interesting you said it because I can think of I went to a period of time where a friend of mine and I went on a uh, what we called a mega church. Marathon, mm-hmm. and we I we went that. to all the different mega churches. We went down to Joel Olstein's church in Houston. We went to um, T. Jake's here, the Potter's house, and we went to three or four. We traveled even. I can't remember all the different ones. And in over the span of my life, I've gone through periods where I just wanted to go to different things. So I'd go to a synagogue or go to a Catholic church. Or, and I've always found that I get something out of the message. And even if they're saying it in kind of a restricted or rigid way, there's something every time that I've gotten out of everybody's message. There's some thread of encouragement or thread of life or love that always I can come away with and say, oh, my goodness, I've been fed by that. That was a worship experience. And then, this is so interesting, the other side of the music, because I grew up in a very traditional, and I can even some of the old hymns that the Methodist hymnal has, I still make me cry. I love them. I just want to just do you know, that. And so when we have these modern musics and people, I, I just don't like that. I still, I have not gotten over that. And, you know, and even at the Center for Spiritual Living now, we do more of a, a jazz kind of thing while they're doing the announcements at the end. The band sometimes does a more... Not um, sometimes jazz, sometimes, sometimes rock, sometimes right, right, Cajun, different kind but, of yeah. yeah, music. Not a not a hymn. Not it's definitely not a, not, not a, a Christian hymn. hymn, right? So it's interesting to watch my. And that's why you always get up and leave. Yeah, that's it. That's it. But that you know, it's interesting to watch my knee jerk reaction going. You know, that doesn't belong in the church. What are we doing with that? And so it is. And I noticed when I went to some of these other churches, you know, they have different types of music. I think that's. That's something that's more popular now than not to bring in. Well, I think in the Methodist Church they even call it now a contemporary service where they have the contemporary, you know, the band and the drums and the different things. Yeah, and I think in in many um, of the centers and churches that are under the umbrella of New Thought, number one is it's ancient wisdom in a new thought, in a new package, um, and so it's more likely to have a mix or to have mm-hmm. stuff that is considered new or contemporary. And also so many people who find their way to new thought have a deep belief in God. But are the people, you know, the the huge percentage of the population in that survey labeled themselves as spiritual but not religious. Mm-hmm. And so even though, you know, there have been some times, yeah, where we've used a hymn in service, and I'm like, oh, and I remember it, and I don't even realize I know the words, but of course I know the words because right. for 16 years growing up, I heard that song, you know, once a month or uh-huh. once a quarter for 16 years. And you don't even realize you know it and you have a, an emotional connection to mm-hmm. it until you hear it again. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, it's, it is interesting to see the, the mix and to experience the mix now. And the message, though, is very, con- you know, I don't know if other people would say that, but I think ultimately if you take away the dogma around the message, whatever the religion is that it's being, the pulpit it's being preached from, 
I think the core of most messages, in my experience, have been very similar. And I can absolutely get a lot out of the message, even if it's not a religion that I particularly believe in. Yeah, I like I, I like that. Um, I like that you made that point because I too have have visited or gone for a long time, you know, to a lot of different, um, a lot of different churches, a lot of different forms, you know, and I yeah been to mosques and synagogues and you know not just kind of on a one time thing and i've been to really large churches and i've been to really really small churches <laughs> yeah. and i think some of that we bring with us mm-hmm. so if i bring that in that i am here to get oh your message my intention is clear that said. the way that this group of people might express or, um, you know, whether it's in the words or the actions or the music, I'm still going to get a message. And, I, and, and when you go in with that intention, I am here to worship my connection with God. Right. Then I'm going to hear a, a message versus I'm here to see how they do it and if they do it right. You know, then you're not likely mm. to get a message. You're going to get all the ways that they're not doing it mm. right mm-hmm. and because that, that's what you're focused on. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I agree with you. It's possible to experience, to walk in and experience on an individual basis a very powerful message, even though the, you know, it might seem like it's being something's being said that's not in alignment. Right, right. Yeah, I, I am pleased to say that's one thing I can do pretty well. I can shuck away the husk of the corn. Oh. That is a good oh, metaphor, isn't good. it? I like that. Because I can listen to the Christian radio station all day long and take out the, you know, Christian terms and make it very, you know, what I believe in the one and the all paths lead to God. So, But I do think that you're right. A lot of people get focused on the what's different about the different services. And are so busy being in judgment about that. Yes, like I am in judgment what... of the music. See, so that's why I can't enjoy the the hip-hop kind of thing at the end. I'm like, we should be singing There's a Deer That Passes All of the Same. <laughs> what is that? I love that song. The Deer That... Yeah, never mind. <laughs> you know, I can still say the Apostles' Creed when I go to church with my mother, like, you know, once every other year or something. The Methodists say the Apostles' Creed every Sunday. You were saying, you know, it flashes you back. Yeah, it's interesting how the the things that happened in that worship experience. So there must be something about church service or worship within a pattern of going every week in a young mind. I mean, I do think there's a lot to be said for right, wrong, or indifferent, you know, to create that kind of foundation, that kind of faith base. And what just struck me as you were saying that is when we talk about meditation all the time, I don't even know if it came up two weeks ago, but we talk about meditation all the time as it relates to different themes. And I know you have said before, you've used the example of how when you first start meditating, um, how when any of us first start meditating, it may feel like nothing's happening. Right. But because we keep doing it over and over and over again, there Mm. comes a time Mm -hmm. where you realize, number one, your body physically Mm -hmm. expects it or craves it or demands it, Mm -hmm. and you start noticing that you are behaving differently, usually more relaxed, more centered, less stressed, and you see that you react to things differently. And so when you were just saying about worship, that, you know, that going every time, it is. In that sense, it totally matches up with how we talk about spiritual practice. Right. That a spiritual practice is something you do on a regular basis that does ground you, that does connect you to spirit, that gives you you an opportunity to celebrate the way that spirit moves Mm -hmm. in your life and moves through you into the world, and you do it on a regular basis such that you practice, but then it becomes who you are. Yes. 
And I agree with you. I if I went to I know that if I went to a Sunday service at the church I was raised in. Mm-hmm. What was that? What denomination? Um, I'm Baptist, but American Baptist and National Baptist. Um, co-affiliation with both American Baptist and National Baptist. And so I know that assuming that there are certain things that are similar in uh-huh. the service, I wouldn't even think about it. I mm-hmm. mean, it would just be, I'd be singing that song. Right. And when I was growing up, unlike today, where churches have the words on PowerPoint, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, where yeah. you can read them, uh-huh. you know, there was none of that <laughs> when I was growing up. And so right. you literally learned the song, mm-hmm. whereas now I've noticed that there are songs that I've sung a lot or sung along with a lot. But if the words line up on the wall, I don't know the words. And it's because I'm so used to reading the words versus learning the words. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, so there are songs that I grew up with. And I know the words. I mean, if you asked me to sing them right now, I wouldn't know them. But as soon as that chord, right, you know, that chord in my brain mm-hmm. and the first words would come out, I'm sure it's right there. Right. And I think there's something really nurturing about that or really you know I that makes me happy in a way and there's something about that worship experience there's something about you know not wanting to go on a Sunday morning and wanting to stay in bed and not you know uh you know what do those people know anyway kind of thing and then you get up and you go to Sunday worship and you're like ah ah best thing ever I can't believe it call them friends say oh this is a great sermon oh my goodness I didn't tell you about exactly right. right so it's really a I think it's a very and, and I think it's like a like it's an entry drug it's kind of like marijuana you know it's it's a it's a way that people get into spirituality that's very easy because then you get into a more I don't know what the word is but you know the daily practice of the more um, you know a, a deeper affinity for the spiritual experience and looking for ways to say yes to spirit and looking for God in, in other people and looking for God in every experience. You know, that going to church once a week is kind of the the way to get in to that idea that oh there's something. And I, and I haven't heard a word you said after it's like in marijuana. <laughs> An, an entry drug like marijuana. I like that. I think we should put that up somewhere. Church is like an entry drug. With your name on it. Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be nice. I'm all for that. Wow. But it is it's a simple way to, you know, it's an entry way to get into a spiritual practice, into a spiritual routine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Whatever it was that I was thinking about yeah. saying next is like completely gone. gone in my mind. Well, we haven't talked about members, the third M in the music well, I think, message. Yeah, members. I mean, I think you you hit on it's all the decisions that you make about all the what the experience is like yes. for the member, what gets acknowledged, how they're welcomed, um, how you acknowledge like. Um, People who are in service, like who are you highlighting in the course of the service, um, and all of that becomes a, a visible demonstration of what your church or your center believes about God and about how God shows up. So, you know, one of the things... Um, you know, the, even the the decorations are right. part of the environment, the colors. I mean, it's not like any one of those things sends a message, but it's what you said. It's the cumulative effect of when I walk in, what do I, how am I treated, right? and how do I feel right. as a part of the members in the room that day. Not necessarily a signed and sealed member of the church, but a member of the of the worship experience, right. whether I'm a member of that church or not. You know, it just made me think, because there is a corporate side or a marketing side to churches that, you know, I think they have to be aware of, because you can have the most wonderful messenger and the most wonderful message and the most beautiful music, 
But if the experience up to that point is unwelcoming or uninviting, then you, there's there's a loss. There's an opportunity to already discount, oh, this isn't a warm place, this place isn't for me. And I, when we did our little mega church uh, roundtable, we, we absolutely saw the difference in, there were several, more than two, that had such a structure so that when you drove in, because there's, you know, circulating 10,000 cars, you know, 5,000 cars on a Sunday morning between two services, you know, there, there are volunteers at like every 50 feet. Right. There were probably 25, 30 volunteers that led you to the parking space. Right. And then they had another set of, you know, five volunteers that, you know, spanned the parking lot to get you into the place to say welcome, 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 welcome. I mean, it was fascinating to watch those kind of subtle things, but that made a difference. It made you like, I am participating in something really extraordinary here. I can't wait to see what happens. You know, and then you walk in and you, you get this, you know, wall of people kind of thing. And we did notice at one church, we got none of that. You know, and people are out there scrambling for a parking space, and you walk in, there's nobody really to tell you where to go, and you're in a stadium more or less. You know, right. where's the child care? Because the person I went had a child. So, you know, it was interesting to see the the one or two places that didn't have that as organized. We entered feeling kind of unsettled and rushed and, you know, what do we do next and are we in the right spot? And that certainly played out as a new member or, you know, a potential member. Well, a member of the worship experience. Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, well, uh. right. (laughs) And by the time you settle in, the service is half over, and then if the message doesn't just really hit you, then it's been like, Two hours or three hours when you consider travel and parking and getting out of the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of uh, is why did I why did I want to do this? Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. And I think churches maybe in, in some ways we think that is you know looking at it from a business standpoint. But I think you know there is a certain responsibility that churches have to you know the inside people have to look at it that way for those of us showing up you know to make sure our experience is pleasant. And so I'm going to um, just throw a little piece in there that we can have worship, and, and and obviously it makes sense to talk about in this group experience of worship, churches and spiritual centers, um, but I'm thinking about, you know, um, for three years I was really involved on Sunday afternoons mm-hmm. with a um, meditation group. Mm-hmm. And that, too, is a, a worship experience, even though it was, sh- it was shared group meditation, group mm-hmm, energy. Mm-hmm. But we also ha- always had a um, a talk, mm-hmm. you know, an inspirational or guidance talk. So in that sense, it was a worship experience. And, um, and so it, it applies, you know, I think at any time there's a group of people who are coming together to honor spirit or mm. the way that spirit shows up in life on a regular basis and there's some kind of structure to it. So it does it's not limited to simply a church building or a synagogue or a mosque building mm-hmm. that it could be a worship experience if it was in someone's home. Yes. And but it was a regular every day or every week regular kind of thing. Um, And maybe that's one of the reasons why, too, we don't think of worship as spiritual practice because we so often connect the word to a building. Corporate setting, yeah. Right. You know, a building with a lot of organization and full-time staff and all of that. When really at its base, that grew for maybe one person having an idea, think about Agape International Center with Michael and Ricky Beckwith. I mean, you know, that grew from 20 people visioning, 20 or 23 people visioning for weeks and weeks into three Sunday services with 12 to 1,500 people each plus 2,000 people or more online streaming live, plus all kinds of things happening throughout the week. You know what I mean? So we think of it as a big church, but it started with 25 people. Right. So that, too, was they were definitely having worship. Mm -hmm. 
when it was, you know, two people, ten people, twenty-five people. Right. Yeah, the numbers the numbers are insignificant, but the experience changes to some extent. I think it's harder to oh, feel to feel. You know, if I I did go to church with a friend of mine that was an older woman, actually, interestingly, she was more like the the picture in my mind of olden times with the Bible, walking up to the church, and there were like 14 people that were in the church, and I was very nervous the whole time. I was like, there's just not enough people to get the attention away from me. You know what I'm saying? I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah, it was very interesting. With this smaller group, I was less comfortable as a member. I was more, more comfortable in the 5,000 megachurch, but you know, you said something early on that I want to come back to before we run out of time because I really do think this is the key to me for any spiritual practice is that it becomes that way of life. And you said that in the beginning that, you know, you look at how do I have a daily experience, a moment-to-moment experience, live my life in a state of worship. And um, I can absolutely recall moments and then, you know, in some instances days where I was in that kind of worshipful experience where the sun was brighter and the grass was greener and the sky was bluer and it just I just seemed to be joyful and I walked around trying to be a devotee to, you know, the guy in the seven eleven line. You know, I wanted to serve everybody and I wanted to, you know, be that kind of light and that light L I G H T and, you know, light is in um seeing light and light is in feeling light. But mm-hmm. um, it really is I think for me and what I want really always come back to for my own life is how do I make that spiritual practice a moment-to-moment experience and not something that just happens on Sundays or 7.30 on every morning or something like that. Yeah, I think so many of us have that goal and intention and we get so easily distracted right. by the person cutting us off or the bill that comes in the mail or the voice message when someone, you know, criticizes us, or, you know, all of the little things that happen in our lives that distract us from that spiritual foundation. Um, And I love that we have this balance of, you know, in this four-week kind of series of connection with spiritual practices, of meditation, which can be done individually uh-huh. or with group, of journaling, which is mostly an individual practice, with worship, which is the way that we think about it, is mostly a group practice. Right. And then next week that we go to visioning, which is also, you know, you can do visioning for yourself individually. Or- and you can do it, and often you are doing it with a group of people. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I like, I, I really like that. Not by design, yeah. <laughs> but by the way it's coming out. This balance of, you know, there's some spiritual practices that really require all of them require you to do something. You know, the individual. Right. It you know requires me to choose to worship with others, uh-huh. and to build that into. Um, the way that I show up in the world and what supports my spiritually saying yes to spirit. But I, then I do it with others. Um, so there's always that element of choice and, as you would say, accountability. Accountability. I was just going to thank you very much. <laughs> um, you know, it is, it's a, well, for me it's a maturing of my faith to be accountable. I don't know if that's, and, and I'm sure there will be another stage after I get through this stage of accountability. But, you know, um, really wanting that, you know, maybe that goes back to whatever past life I was a devotee. You know, you get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and you, you know, do this for an hour and a half. And if there's some structured ritual to it that then produces the the um, uh, the the outcome of really being, you know, completely in alignment every moment of every day with that spiritual uh, spiritual experience. So, um, visioning next week, journaling last week, worship this week. Any other closing things about worship? You know, if um, if people, you know, you mentioned something about the streaming online at Agape. I think it's interesting now that there are probably people out in rural areas that get their worship experience 
through the Internet. And I just can't even relate to that at all. But that's, I've come in here and seen you. You, you have uh, Michael Beckwith on your computer screen up, and he's out there, you know, on the computer screen. And that just always freaks me out. I was going to say rural areas have nothing to do with it. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you do it right here in the internet worship. So you know, way so. before I got really involved in uh, the Center for Spiritual Living as part of my regular community, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't Agape because Agape had just has been doing live streaming for about not even a year yet, or maybe about a year. Um, but uh, Renaissance Unity in uh, outside of Detroit in Warren, Michigan. Uh, it's like I went to church every Sunday wow. right on my computer because they stream live. Now, there have been, you know, I for years I've listened to the messages or the sermons from lots of different faith practices because they'll record their Sunday right. talk and it'll be available on their website. Yes. And I would listen to those a lot, but, you know, it's just been the last few years where you could actually watch the service live across the Internet. That's fascinating. And be in real time and uh-huh. do the whole service, you know, and get to use the mu- and, and get to know the music that they use and wow. who the different you know ministers and leaders are, which is which is a funny story that we don't have time for the full story. But after maybe two years of watching Renaissance Unity online, I had to go to Detroit for business, and so and I so I was able. To go, well, when I went for business, I wasn't able to be there on a Sunday, but I went to the church and went to the bookstore, and it was weird because <laughs> I'd been watching it on, you know, online right. for so long, and it felt like, yeah, I know this place. That's crazy. And then about four months later, um, I went back after my brother died, and I went through Detroit, and I planned my trip where. I could be in Detroit on a Sunday, and I went to the Sunday service. And it was—it still felt really strange that I knew the songs and I, you know. Yep. But I've been watching. You were a newcomer, but you, yeah. Right. Yeah. When they said anyone here for the first time, it felt. Do I raise my hand? (laughs) Yeah. Right. You know, I've been sending money and contributing just like I was physically here. It's like, well, I don't know. It's my yeah. So it can get a little weird. It's like the original Oral Roberts, right? No, it's nothing on, like they've the been original. on TV, right? He no, wasn't even the first one to be no. on TV. No, nothing like the original Oral Roberts. Uh, it's something about being on TV. No, that, there's nothing left. about that statement that I can agree with. Although, and gateway drug are the two things. Well, I because what's different. In my opinion, mm-hmm. I mean, there have been a lot of TV shows for a long time TV that are TV shows versus, well, I guess a lot of churches have been on mm-hmm. TV. Right. You're right, and do their service on TV. I've watched First Methodist Church in Dallas on mm-hmm. TV. I've watched a lot Joel of other Joel TV. TV. I've watched Joel Osteen on TV. So, yeah, I guess it is what the difference is. is the it just seems odd to me on the Internet. You know, I'm just not that internet savvy, but it's the same kind of idea. And I do think it's a positive thing because, on some level, you get that feeling of being a part of a larger, um, even if it's on the TV or the computer screen, and you're sitting alone in your house. There is a sense of community, I think, that still comes across. So. Yeah, I I agree with you. And isn't that? I mean, that speaks to the about worship with others, Yes, that it's that sense of community. Even if you're not a member of that church or center or group, you're a member of the worship experience at that time. So the idea is take worship, you know, start it off as a group and continue it on as an individual in uh, creating that spiritual practice. So that's it for today and worship and next week visioning, which I'm very interested to hear about because I'm trying to learn more about that just personally and incorporate that more into my spiritual practice. So that's I'll show up next week and talk <laughs> about that. Good. Maybe you can do the show all by yourself. <laughs> no, maybe I won't show up. Thanks. thanks. So thanks so much for joining us for Say Yes to Spirit, encouraging you on your spiritual path, hosted by Leslie and Tracy. And until next week, Remember, 
Say yes to the spirit. 